All right. In the two weeks that it has been since my last episode, there have continued to be so many synchronicities that it's just blown my mind. It's been very heartening and lovely. And I just wanted to share some more things um, with you. Let's go back a little bit to May 12th. This is when I was dealing with some of my dog's health issues. Um, She was getting old and not doing so well. So on May 12th, 2021, I questioned the Akashic Records saying, what should I do for Freckles' highest health and well-being? And here's what they said. The answer to loving well and best is in giving it all over to the highest good. The one whose spark is inside of her. You are putting some of that responsibility on yourself. And in a way, feeling responsibility for those in your care is honorable, even necessary. But ultimately, the final answer, verdict, plan of care is in the creator's hands. He is the one who cares the mostest about freckles. And he will send resources into your path to care for freckles in the best way possible for her highest good. Love the way in which the universe provides when asked for help and miracles. So I followed up with another question. Should I take her to the vet or to our chiropractor who's more of like a holistic doctor or neither or both? The answer that came up was censorship of love cannot be healthy. And what is offered in these options is a closing off or limitation of what is possible within the universe's scope of possibility. Really open your heart to answers outside of this and we will reveal them to you. I had another question. (laughs) Do I wait indefinitely? How soon should I expect a solution to present itself? Answer, the reach of days required to stage this miracle is four days. In this time, feel the love of God for you and Freckles both. And repeat the mantra, I believe in miracles. Miracles are beautiful opportunities in which love can be highlighted as the answer that it is. Trust the process. Love can give so many more possibilities than trusting to your own scared, frantic, fear-based solution-seeking. Instead of focusing on the solution, celebrate the means, the way, the field of possibility made possible by source. Intuit the answer in four days by feeling into your heart not your mind. Let the universe shine. Don't let guilt preempt the universe and attempt to take the limelight or steal the show. You don't love Freckles more or know better for her than does her higher self and the source of her light. Trust. Reach in for anchoring. So what I followed up with with was, please send me the energy of trust and love. And then I said, thank you. So that was May 12th, Wednesday morning. And I felt so powerfully about this message I had gotten about four days that that same day I Uh, reached out and did a video for my Patreon group and told them about the four days uh, so that they could be waiting with me and we could all be expecting this uh, fantastic answer or possibilities that the universe would be presenting itself. So 
in the meantime, May 15th, so we're looking at three days later, we've talked about Courtney and the pay it forward hypnosis several times, so many times since January when I first started taking some classes with her, some workshops that y'all may be tired of hearing me talk about it by now. But I had just recently signed up for the Soul Channeling Book Club, and I got an email that the book club was coming to an end. It was going to be no more. And I was given the option of either um, getting a refund or I could take two of the group hypnosis sessions. And so I opted to take the group hypnosis workshop. And so I just want to kind of set this up as being really miraculous in how this series of events is unfolding, right? Because um, the last episode I did was all about this fantastic, emotional, one milestone hypnosis session I had about freckles, salt, the Pegasus. It was huge, huge for me. So I'm just trying to set up some of the background that um, this uh, group hypnosis workshop was not on my radar. Even as part of the book club, I had an option for two hypnosis, group hypnosis workshop sessions throughout the year, but I was not ready for that. I just wanted to save those for later on in, in my membership year with the book club. And so that was not on my radar to do anything this, uh, this quickly. But when I was offered that, I was like, you know what? I don't want to refund. Let's do the group, group hypnosis workshop. And so that weekend was uh, going to be based all on spirit animals. So I'm just trying to tell you like a whole um, offering had to come to an end. I mean, maybe it didn't have to, there would have been some other way, but a whole offering had to come to a close in order to stage this where I was in this workshop on this day in this beautiful timeline that's happening with freckles. Okay. So hopefully I'm communicating this well enough how, wow, I feel that this all is. Okay. May 15th was the, um, the hypnosis session. May 16th, I was able to podcast about it. And then freckles stopped eating and drinking. And as though she had been waiting, like that podcast needed to happen, right? And then she really started going downhill because I was thinking, what if, what if I hadn't already put the podcast out there and then this happened? There's no telling if I would have created the podcast about the hypnosis session. I may have been too distraught about what was unfolding. Okay. So after I released the podcast, again, Freckles stopped eating and drinking. We tried to tempt her with everything we could think of, her yogurt, peanut butter, nothing. Uh, she would even walk to her water bowl. She would sniff it, but not drink. And so really worried about her. I thought, you know, this is it. Um, went to bed thinking maybe I would wake up in the morning to her having passed in her sleep. That's what I would, had been hopeful for. You, know, you guys have heard me say that. I've wanted her to just choose her own timing and pass um, peacefully. Well, around midnight, I awakened to a howl. So I got up. Freckles had slipped off the couch and she was between the couch and the ottoman and unable to move. So I helped her up and I stayed up with her until about 4 a.m. And she was really restless. And I had heard about this, right? Even with older humans, they can be really uh, wheelchair bound or quiet or still but then when it comes time for them to 
death is drawing near, they'll suddenly get restless and move around. And this is what was seeming to happen with Freckles. Like Freckles just felt this need to keep moving. And her hips and back legs were such that I was kind of having to just follow around her, kind of holding up, giving her support to her back legs so that she can continue to move. When she finally settled, I sat down with her and on the floor and I, uh, when one of the former guests on the show, she had recommended the Debbie prayer. So I found that on Spotify and I was playing that for Freckles as I sat there and petted her. Um, so she finally kind of settled down. I'm like, okay, let me go get some rest. All right, so we come to May 17th. Um, this was a Monday, and Mondays are my day off from uh, work uh, during the week because I work part-time. So Mondays are usually my day off. So this was great that I was able to have this time with Freckles. And again, Freckles was restless, needing to move. Her body legs weren't cooperating. And I had called the vet to see what the process would be. They were booked. They said, even though they were booked, if I wanted to bring freckles in for triage, then they would most likely fit her in. They would take one look at her, fit her in, and do the euthanasia. So um, she started doing this death breathing. Maybe you guys know what I'm talking about, but she had not, she'd been breathing just fine. And then all of a sudden it was this long, loud, kind of labored breathing. And so I called my husband uh, crying. I said, you know what? We're probably not even going to have to take her to the vet. Um, she's doing this death breathing. Um, I think she's going. Anyway, the place that she had settled while she was doing this uh, was in the same spot that she had been in the early hours when I had been playing that Debbie prayer. And there was, nothing being played this time. But I heard this muffled, angelic singing, similar to a refrain of the Devi prayer on repeat. So I asked Freckles if she could hear the angels singing. Anyway, um, my husband was on his way and I looked at the time and the time was like almost like 11, 11. I'm like, okay, this is an angel number. She's going to choose to, to go now. And, but she perked up <laughs> with my husband on his way. Uh, Freckles perked up a little bit. And when my husband got home, we put uh, Freckles on the couch to put her in a more comfortable place than the hard floor. And we were thinking, well, even if we take her to the vet, um, what do we want to do with the body? And uh, I chose to, um, I wanted to bury her um, instead of having her cremated. Um, with one of our other dogs, we had chosen to just leave the body with the vet and I said this time I didn't want to do that with freckles, not knowing where, where the body was. So we went out in the backyard and dug a hole. And, and I'm thinking the whole time, okay, this is buying her a little more time to just pass quietly on her own. And that didn't happen. So we... Okay, so bear with me. This is not going to be just me crying the entire time, but we drove her to the vet 
And I'm so glad this was like another special gift because she really enjoyed the drive. And one of those things like I should have, could have, would have, you know, taken her on more rides. Anyway, I got to hold her in the um, back of the Suburban and she's lost so much weight that, you know, it was really easy to carry her. And she was just really interested in what was going on outside the window. And she would lay her head on my shoulder when her, she got tired. And again, I just thought this was a really special gift. Otherwise, she wouldn't have had this final outing. Um, as we got close, she howled as she recognized where she was going. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish she wouldn't have done that because, you know, is that her saying she doesn't want to die? <laughs> like, like she knew where she was going to the vet. But um, after that, she, we kind of gave her some time to relax when we opened up the back of door of the Suburban. She allowed my husband to pick her up. We carried her inside. I was completely unable to vocalize why were we why we were even there. So I'm really glad my husband was with me. And of course with the triage, they were like, we're making time for her right now. And so we were able to bring her back. So I had brought um, a comfy blanket, put that on the floor, and she just laid there on her side. And they, um, she had like no more muscle mass, and so they had to do an, an injection into one of her veins, and to their two, two shots, and one is the anesthesia. And all that does is keep her from feeling anything. That's not what's supposed to kill her. But even after that shot, she stopped breathing. And like the, uh, the vet said, I mean, she was ready to go. They went and gave her the second shot, which is the, basically an overdose of pain medicine, which by definition with the pain medicine. She's not going to feel any pain. So afterwards, I asked my husband what time it was, and it was 1.16. And so I don't know, in my mind, I kind of think that she probably passed at another angel number of 111. But I was just really, um, glad that there was no um anxiety on her part that everything went like it was supposed to and so we picked up the body you know wrapped it in the blanket that she was on carried it into the suburban and when we got home uh, at first, you know, uh, th this is not too gruesome, I don't think, but it just it seemed like she was asleep. And, but I physically am the one who laid her in the, um, the, the grave we had dug for her. And as I tried to arrange her body the way I wanted it to be, you know, facing south. <laughs> and you'll get that significance from the previous podcast. I put it in that south corner, her facing south. And the more I handled it, trying to get it just right, and it, it, wouldn't, it didn't look right, and so I would try to move the head 
And the more I tried to arrange and handle the body, the more of this revulsion came up. It started to look less like a pet and more like a carcass. And I just, I say that because I feel like even just the handling of the body and dealing with the caring of the body is such a gift. And I've wanted to have someone like a death doula and a home funeral person on the podcast, because I think that by taking ownership of our dead, of, yeah, of our dead, that we are more empowered and it's more healing. And in this way, it was healing because this revulsion that came up was like, this is not my dog. This does not look like my dog. All of the, the spirit and life that had made this my, <laughs> my special, my special person <laughs> was not there. And so it went from this is not my dog to this must never have been her. This body, this container must never have been her to begin with. And that in itself was healing that I feel like sometimes we don't get when we don't get to spend time with the body of a loved one when they pass. Um, so as we were burying freckles and putting the, the dirt on, we were accosted by mosquitoes. Mosquitoes are so bad here in Houston. <laughs> so we put, um, you know, several inches of dirt and then we went to, um, a garden shop and to find some blue flowers. We just knew we wanted, I wanted something blue to plant there and again the blue you'll get from the previous podcast episode about freckles uh, so we just wanted to find something blue i knew we would find something we liked and so we did and then we planted those things and then it started raining downpour like it had been holding off right for us to finish planting this these these large flowers above freckles grave um before it started raining so the timing is just continuing to feel so magical um i have also bought seeds that my partner found on a website called blue steel sage so how cool is that with the sword imagery in the blue of a soul right? The uh, image of the sword, how I was talking about how such a, we, we probably just don't have a great understanding about the relationship between sword and war and love. And here's a flower, you know, a flower that's not harmful called uh, blue steel. And so I just felt that that imagery in itself of something that was not just something of beauty that couldn't be harmful being called blue steel. I, I don't know. Does that seem cool to you guys as well? Anyways, whenever I get these blue, these seeds, I'm going to plant them. And from what I've read, some places say that just having these flowers will get, will be a, hmm, will ward off the mosquitoes. And then other places that you need to uh, burn the sage in order for it to get rid of the mosquitoes or keep them away. But how neat if that would be one of Freckles gifts would be mosquito relief with us growing this blue steel sage in that corner. I just think it's so, so beautiful. We buried Freckles and then I picked up my daughter from school and we went to karate. On our way to karate, my daughter mentioned feeling insignificant and small in this world. There had been someone important in her life that ghosted and 
So she mentioned feeling forgotten and insignificant and small. So um, I felt <clears throat> very drained. And so I kind of just listened to her and told her that I kind of understood where she was coming from because, and I just kind of left it at that. There have been a lot of other times where I give her a little inspirational speech and all that. This time I just kind of let her talk. As I was waiting for her to be done, it was getting close to time for the class to be over. I walked up to the door. I was feeling again drained. I was feeling bored. Maybe some of that insignificance. <laughs> but I turned and looked out at the parking lot and I saw there an unhindered view of a full double rainbow with the most vibrant colors I may have ever seen in my life. My daughter came out of the studio and we stood there side by side, holding each other and crying <laughs> as we soaked it all in. And I thought we probably looked like a sight <laughs> to people who were wondering why, why these emotional people are just crying over a rainbow. But I thought about how with dogs, especially, and other pets though too, whenever they pass, there's talk of a rainbow bridge. And I was, I, I, mess, I posted on Instagram a picture or video of this beautiful rainbow. And I don't think it does it justice on there, but it kind of gives you something of an idea. And I was like, wow, you know, having really rolled out one hell of a rainbow bridge for you, <laughs> Freckles. And I told my daughter, I brought up what she had said about being feeling small and insignificant. I told her that sometimes I feel that too, but then things like this happen as signs that I matter, we matter, that we're seen and we can feel acknowledged. And so I just, you know, I know a lot of people here in Houston were posting pictures and, but I can't help but feeling it was for me. <laughs> it was for me. Yeah. Again, it was just unhindered view of the full double rainbow right there in front of me. Like I couldn't miss it. Like stage center. I was talking to my husband afterwards and we have a numerology calendar that I offer on my website if you're interested. Basically what I do each day has a the energy of a certain number and depends on whether your uh, you know your birthday has happened yet in that year or not uh, what the number is for your day but what you can do there's a space on there that you can put a little emoji to represent how your feelings were so over time you can track okay the energy of say an eight day is really good for me. I'm really vibrating with it, jiving. And maybe like twos are traditionally a little bit more challenging and I need to be a little bit more supportive with myself, be aware of some of the challenges that the energy of a, a two day would bring, okay? So anyway, we track our emotions, uh, feelings on this numerology calendar. And I told my husband that even in the midst of all this heartache and tragedy, that I had put a smiley face on this day. Because, I, because again, I just felt so supported and seen by the universe. And to me, it was like, I can have the worst day. And yet, if I am allowed to own my feelings, express them and allow room for the universe to show up. Like it just felt magical. It just felt so magical.
having had all of these synchronicities weaving together again let's go back to the book club having come to an end so that i would take this hypnosis uh group hypnosis class and so i would be able to see this whole uh vision of freckles and the pegasus and it was just so beautiful and then this double rainbow bridge the afternoon of her passing it just felt so <laughs> so beautiful and at this point i'd like to mention that i was really grateful for this podcast at that time too i was like this podcast is provides the container the platform for me to document to analyze to process how huge this has been in my life how meaningful to me um because otherwise maybe all this stuff would have happened and i wouldn't have it wouldn't have popped um the puzzle pieces wouldn't have been there in front of me to put things together and be like oh my gosh this is so much bigger than it might appear otherwise so i was really thankful for this podcast and i don't want to have you feel sorry for me at all but there has been very little feedback <laughs> about this podcast and so you know sometimes i've wondered why do i keep doing it if there's you know i'm not sure if it's touching anybody but i was like at that moment it didn't even matter this whole fucking year podcasting felt like it was leading up to this moment this very magical healing moment for me and so i just felt like wow thank you thank you god thank you universe for this podcast um for me to be able to document what's going on for me to actually look look at it and see it for the miracle it is because something even deeper was going on here this has healed some of that wound of feeling insignificant to the universe right because sure i probably had personal grandiose hopes of making my own way right making my own way in this world but so you can feel like i can make my own way i can do something big but yet at the same time feel insignificant to the universe like you have to do it on your own there's no one else looking out for you you have to make it happen if you want it so this feels different feeling seen and significant to the universe as opposed to feeling significant and important to others because of your idea of having made something of yourself <laughs> your rising star freckles was an example of something you can hold as so precious so special that when you see it you choke up thinking about losing it not having it and that was true from day 1 like when freckles was a puppy <laughs> she was supposed a friend of uh, my husband at the time uh was was going to be bringing by a dog for us to look at to see if we wanted it and i told my husband i'm like this dog is not leaving this house like she's staying here this is my dog and yeah this whole i don't this whole time 15 years like every time i looked at her it just like hurts on the inside i don't know if I know everyone probably has had that at some time but you look at something and you can just hurt on the inside 
because you love it so much. And Freckles was that for me. And so I know everyone can feel the loss of a dog or a special pet very significantly. And um, that has been very true for me in this case as well. So having lost this huge thing that I have held as so special and precious for so long um, that I, I hope, I, I don't even care right now if people think I'm making a bigger deal out of this than, you know, if they think I'm making some huge thing out of this, I feel it so deeply that the universe rising to the occasion and weaving this magical support system has meant so much to me. It has felt like a game changer. I do not feel like the same person that I did before losing freckles. Okay. All right. So that was May 17th, a very long day. May 18th, I was going to work and on my commute, I've told you before, I often listen to podcasts. And I was listening to Molly McCord's podcast on the importance of ruling planets. And so I checked my chart and the moon is my ruling planet because my sun sign is in cancer. So uh, what is the uh, planet associated with cancer? It's the moon. So the moon is mine. And I just thought that was super interesting as it reminded me of the importance the moon had played in the hypnosis session. Okay, so just keep that in mind. It's kind of percolating there. The next day, May 19th, I did a, uh, a card draw from my Moonology Oracle deck. This was maybe only the third time ever I've used it because it's a relatively new deck for me. And I got the same card for the second time. New moon in Taurus. Okay, so here's the new synchronicity, another synchronicity. My moon in my natal chart is in Taurus, okay? So I researched some more about moon and Taurus energy. The next day, uh, my morning meditation, I was visualizing an ocean and a bird, and I got the feeling, the message that my job is to observe what gets worked up to the surface, to the shallows, and to feed off that and be nourished by that, to fly above and not crushed by the waves. May 21st, I received a postcard in the mail from the vet with that full-size rainbow bridge theme with like 20 different signatures. It was very, very sweet. And I know, again, that the rainbow bridge is a very common theme with losing a dog, but it just felt like just another thing to reinforce that this was a full-sized rainbow on the postcard, reminded me so much of the double rainbow I had seen the day that Freckles had passed. Um, so let's skip forward to May 26th, which was a full moon in Sagittarius that's called the flower moon. And I saw an email from uh, a company that I follow here in Houston, it's called Body, Mind and Soul. And the e name of the email, the title of the email was subject line, I'll get this straight. Subject line was working with the moon. Okay, so because of the podcast I had heard had with um, April Staples back in December, I think it was, about the importance of the moon. She just really felt that the moon was really important to me and that I needed to really delve into what that meant for me. So I'm putting all these things together, trying to be on the lookout for what the universe is trying to tell me. Well, in that email, this newsletter from this company uh, about working with the moon, they were talking about a book that they offer called Moon Sign, talking about your moon sign, which of course my moon sign 
is in Taurus. Um, and it just explains a lot why everyone knows their sun sign, but the moon sign can explain so much about how you can know like two cancers and they can be so differently. They can behave and, and uh, carry themselves in this world so differently from each other, even though they're the same sun sign because maybe their moon sign is different because the moon sign shows you where you feel nourished in your inner world. So, okay. So again, I've ordered that book, Moon Sign. It was supposed to arrive yesterday. It's running a little late, but I will be reading up on that. Okay. So the next day, May 27th, I was listening to uh, the Day Luna podcast. It's about human design. And it inspired me, inspired me to look at my gates and channels again. Uh, you'll, if you have read my, uh, one of my articles I wrote on Medium, it was all about how you can incorporate meditation uh, using human design. And so I started wanting to look into my gates and channels again. So Gene Keys, I know there's a, this is kind of going everywhere, but Gene Keys is kind of like human design on steroids, but instead of calling something um, a gate, like you would in human design, they call it a key. So gate, key, kind of the same thing, right? So I, sign, I have subscribed to the Gene Keys newsletter and they will send you uh, newsletters maybe once a week about different keys or gates. And so I went through to find one that was activated in my chart because there could be ones that they're talking about that are not consistent energy in my specific chart. So I went down and the most recent one that they offered in their newsletter that was also part of my Jinky profile was number 24, key 24. Uh, entitled silence. So I pull up the email and I'm going to have the link to this in the show notes, but in there you, it gives you a dream arc totem codex listed there and the life key or the mammal that's listed is guess what? The hare. H-A-R-E. As you remember, right, the rabbit or hare had shown up in my May 15th hypnosis. And it had also shown up before that in the immediate preceding session, hypnosis session I had before that. So it's all kind of continuing to be one synchronicity after another. And I've also tried to remember where I heard this from. But I had also heard this week someone mention about how nonviolent deer are. So if you listen to my last podcast, that would have fit in. So that fits in so perfectly as well. Now, I almost missed out on this connection with the gene key 24 to the life animal key of the hare because I had been tempted as I sat there waiting through another karate session for my kiddo to watch a fluff show on TLC that I've been dabbling in. But I have had uh, been listening to the audiobook called Atomic Habits by James Clear. It's the author who reads it. Such a fantastic book. I love it. And I remembered how small decisions add up. Small decisions add up. You don't lose the game from just like one, the game of life, or you don't reach this goal that you want by one small decision. But one small decision added on another, add on another, and another. And it's more like, what kind of person do you want to be? Do you want to be the type of person who shows up? So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to follow up on this connection with the Day Luna podcast. It inspired me to look into my gates and channels. 
let me look into the Gene Keys newsletter, see what, what shows up. Instead of doing this mind-numbing show, <laughs> as interesting and novel as it is, okay? So I just say that to encourage you that what I have just said and what is about to follow, I would have missed out on if I had not made that one small decision to, to consistently show up for myself and be that kind of person who does what I feel is important. Okay, so I started reading the Gene Keys chapter on Key 24. Remember how I detailed in the last podcast what the centering exercise was to be for me? About visualizing the galaxy rotating and coming to a stop within my chest? Well, I found myself thinking about that when I read this in the book, um, Gene Keys on the Gate 24. It said, one of its major symbols is the wheel. It speaks of the mechanical processes that connect the wheeling of the constellations and galaxies to the rotation of the atomic structures deep within our bodies. It is all about those gaps between the cycles, the intervals between lives, the spaces between atoms, the silence between notes. Magic and mutation occur within those gaps. Now, I had read up on gate 24 in my human design before this a little bit, but this take in Gene Keys was rather different. It didn't look the same. So um, in the shadow frequency of this key or gate, which in the I Ching is called returning, you have addiction as the lowest frequency called the great genetic glitch. <laughs> At the gift frequency, it is resting in the gap. And at the city level is exiting the wheel altogether. Uh, this gate, this key is part of the ring of life and death. I know there's probably a lot, but um, just know that there is as little or as much as you want to look into this. So in the Gene Keys description of the ring of life and death, of which this key is a part, it says, all life is change and is thus subject to cessation. And all truth lies in the awareness of the present moment. Another message contained within the ring of life and death is that the chaos of play is to be deeply trusted and revered. Play is the expression of genius, and genius always finds a new solution to the challenges it meets along the way. Oh my gosh. So those of you who have been listening for a while, you have known that in previous hypnosis sessions, um, I have been encouraged to play, and that uh, when I asked what is my what is my thing I'm supposed to be doing in this life? What is my spiritual gift? And I was expecting something really profound. And it was to have fun, to bring fun into this world. And so this just kind of echoes, it's just an echo of that. And I, again, I just feel like everything is so enmeshed and beautiful. Okay, so let's go to the next day, May 28th. In the AM before work, I checked my CoStar app. And CoStar is a astrology app. It's a horoscope app. And what you can do is you can find me on there uh, and add me as a friend. I'm with the username Aprilific. And what I find so interesting and why I keep it on my phone and why my partner keeps it on his phone is because Okay, it is an uh, artificial intelligence uh, operated thing. And it just comes up with the craziest stuff sometimes. That doesn't even seem to, like one sentence doesn't build on the other. And it's like, where is this stuff coming from? So it can be kind of funny. But what I was reading there, I, I checked it because 
Well, let me tell you what else was going on in the background. I had listened to Gabrielle Ginter's podcast, the My Leap of Faith podcast, where she was talking about the plant medicine Sananga, and it's a uh, eye drops. Okay, so I had had my second night with Sananga, and I was considering whether or not should I continue because it is very painful. And I will tell you that uh, Gabriel, she went with the medium intensity. Okay, so me wanting to get my money's worth, guess what intensity I went with? Extra strong. <laughs> like, big mistake, big mistake on my part. Okay, so... <laughs> I was thinking about this, whether or not to continue when I was reading this in the CoStar app. It says, your moon is in Taurus. This means you were built to withstand pain. In fact, this is what fuels you. And in my mind, I'm like calling BS. <laughs> but I just added to this, this spreadsheet I've been keeping of different things where the moon in Taurus is... Um, is mentioned because I think it all has to be leading up to some huge uh, revelation for me. So I'm trying to keep up with this and using this podcast as a means to do that. Okay. So that is what I saw on the CoStar app. Well, that evening on my way home, I continued to listen to the Day Luna podcast because I had started listening to the first half and I heard it mentioned that it is helpful to look at especially what your sun and moon gates are to see how you can best support and nurture yourself. So I was familiar with that there are, you know, your sun sign and your moon sign in astrology, but I had forgotten that there were in human design, since human design incorporates astrology, that there were gates that were both considered sun and moon gates. So, like, so to look up your moon gates, you, it's great, they were saying, to see how you can best support and nurture yourself by looking at those gates. All right, well, I looked up at my human design chart, and guess what my moon gate is? I'm going to give you one, one uh, option here, one guess. How about gate 24? My personality side of human design, it is gate 24. And in case you have a really short memory, <laughs> we have just been talking about Gene Key 24, right? That came up in that newsletter that I wouldn't have seen if I hadn't um, been, if I had chosen to go to my fluff show instead, okay? So my moon gate is number 24. So I asked the Akashic Records that evening, why is the moon important to me? Right? It feels like I should have just asked this before now. Maybe I have, but I can't remember, but like this was probably overdue. And this is the answer that I got. So Friday, May 29th, I think it's 28th, 28th, 2021. Question, why is the moon important to my journey? Answer, the answer to fulfilling a life mission is rooted in the nebulous wonder of what is possible. Don't shut yourself out from those possibilities. The moon foreshadows the ability to reflect light from a greater source. It doesn't question why it isn't the source of the light but simply reflects, and even then not always fully, but is always in ebbing and flowing cycles where sometimes much is illuminated in the darkness by its faithful sentry in the night, the partner to the sun, its partner working in tandem. One working when the world is awake and moving and ready to see, and the other for the times when some are asleep and not ready to be awake. The moon is also a gentler light, welcoming the eye to its glory and wonder, 
not turning people's heads away, squinting, averting the eyes to prevent damage because it's too much. One is an invitation and the other an extension. Invite your soul to rest, to feel the cycles of waning and waxing, to shine brightly and other times to go dark. Yours is not meant to be a steadfast energy in that daily you exude confidence and warmth, but rather invite the soul to look inward and be steadfast, but in a completely different way than the sun. Life could not be sustained if the sun behaved like the moon and the same vice versa. The moon does not shy away from its duty, but is in its place every night. The same is asked of you, to be constant in your commitment to show up as yourself in your natural orbit, in your natural way of being. You will not always be in the sun's limelight or its happy glow, but you can know that change is constant. You will never be new or unilluminated always, but also never will your reflection be the fullest mirror it can of the sun's potential. The changing cycles are normal and healthy. You may want to always be that full luscious moon, but the glistening surface of the moon is just half. The other side is cold. Remember to grow, remember to grow, you must move and to move must be in cycles. Feel all the feels of each place in life for such is the lesson you can reflect and share with others, inviting them to a softer light. They may not be, hold on, to a softer light. They may not be quite ready to ever see fully. Okay, so that was, and I was like, I need to follow up with some more questions, <laughs> which you're invited to do that, right? If the Akashic Records give you an answer that is a little vague in your opinion, you can ask for more and more clarity. And I was just feeling like I was running out of time. I needed to get my daughter to bed, but I will probably be doing some follow-up questions on that. Okay. So it continues. <laughs> the next day, I was reading more about what the Gene Keys had to say on this gate, this key 24. And in the I Ching portion of the Gene Keys explanation on this key, addiction is dislocated agitation. So again, addiction would be the lowest expression of this gate and it says progress and freedom of action are found in return to and fro goes the way return to repeat the proper course seven days returns the cycle to its beginning there is advantage in choosing one's path okay guys so am i I'm not the only one, I'm sure, who is seeing like a repeat of what the Akashic Record is saying. So this says, to and fro grows the way, right? Wasn't this saying that the cycles will ebb and flow and that I just need to show up in my natural orbit? And this is saying return to repeat the proper course seven days. Seven days returns the cycle to its beginning. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so synchronistic <laughs> you'll probably get tired of me saying that word but i just i love it okay so i went back to the email about the gene keys and what it was saying to the it was saying more and it said this this is the key of service to self growth through the epicurean experience of the senses and when it, like i said i'll have this link in the show notes and whenever you click on the astrology portion, because again, there was the dream, the, the animal vortex codex, I can't remember what it's called, and that was the hair. Well, there's an astrology portion in that same uh, site on this, on this key. And it says that the planet associated with this key is uh, 
the, the astrology sign is Taurus. Like, seriously, how can, <laughs> you just cannot make this stuff up. Okay, so it gave me a better idea of what um, the whole Taurus uh, flavor means. Taurus is the flower and fruit that wants to be smelled, tasted, and pollinated. So the lowest expression of this would be fixation. The gift aspect would be flow. And the city, which is the highest expression of this gate, would be presence. And so, yeah, I'm still waiting for that book to um, really read about what my moon in Taurus has still to teach me. But from reading about the Gene Keys on this is that I really go in cycles. I have this wheel. <laughs> and um, in human design, it can be called rationalization. And I think maybe that's why I do relatively well with human design, uh, I'm sorry, not human design, but with dream interpretation is because I like, I just keep fixating on something until I'm able to see why things make sense. I like to see, I like to connect the dots, okay? And, but what it was saying is that we all, when we're in this spiral, of life. So maybe on the lower expression, it's more of a, it's a circle, a circle of addiction, but on higher expression, it's more of a spiral. What happens is when we're coming around this circle, we'll always come up to a gap. This is what the Jinkies was calling a gap where there's nothing. And again, listeners who've been listening to me for the past year, you know, that I have a huge issue with these gaps in life. I want, I feel like I need to see something happening. I do not, and from reading about this gene key, I mean, this is a human thing. We do not want to sit in this gap of nothingness. We want to fill it. And that's what addiction can be. Whenever we come to this gap, we have the same solution. We have an addiction and we'll just continue. And every time we come across this gap, we, we fill it in, we jump over it. And my invitation, um, maybe even more so than others, because this is my, my moon gate, <laughs> is to really, when I come to that gap, of nothingness that scares me, of silence, of no progress, of nothing happening, to really relax into that and feel all the feels, know that there are cycles, and yeah, so instead of because I've told you guys before, I feel like I do have an addictive personality. Whenever I find something that fixes something, right? That's my go-to the next time around. You know, I have a bad day at work. Okay, well, let's get a, a little glass of some whiskey going on. Anyway, it's been a while since I've done that, but there can be other fixes. You know, you're a little bored. What do you do? Maybe you pull up your TLC app and watch that show that's like shocking. <laughs> Instead of doing something that you think may um, better you. Like I, so I was faced with that decision as you saw earlier. But <sighs> trying not to fix it, but just appreciate it for what it is and smell, taste, really be with whatever is in the present moment. And so as I learn what this moon in Taurus means, and especially how that, what that means for me personally, um, I have an idea that this is part of the, part of the message meant for me. And I just want to encourage you guys to, 
to join me in whenever you come across a gap where there's nothing and it scares the hell out of you. Breathe into it, trust, and let's love it. So again, I want to thank you so much for listening, for this opportunity to bear my soul. Um, it really means a lot. So I don't know if the podcast will continue. Maybe this is what uh, it has fulfilled its purpose. I'm not sure, but um, I'm just going to go with the flow because again, the flow is the gift state of this gate I'm going to try and study into. Go with the flow, feel into it. What feels right? Is it still serving me? Is it serving others? And but yeah, I, again, I have felt, I just have to continue to share with you like the second half of this beautiful gift in the making that I have been unwrapping from the universe. So much love to you. Yeah, love you. Hey, it's Sheffy here. I want to take a quick moment to invite you, my dear listener, to join my community over at patreon.com forward slash aprilific. I offer two tiers of support, the Palm Palms, which is $5 a month, and Thunder, so named because a pack of dragons is called a Thunder, and I thought that was pretty cool. And that's at $10 a month. Both tiers get access to podcast bonuses, as well as my frequent videos throughout the week. Those who join the Thunder tier also receive a one-time homemade gift as a token of my gratitude and access to my Akashic Records readings. Perks will be added as the community builds and as you, the patron, tell me what you'd like to see offered. The community is going to grow with us. Another way you can support this podcast if you're listening on Apple Pods is to rate and review the show. The more five-star ratings, the bigger the potential to attract even more listeners to this podcast's message. But regardless, I feel so honored with your time. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening.